Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haperset would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. I'm so thirsty. Let us pray. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, that you give us the word, the logos, that we can learn your principle, your way, Lord. You say in the Bible, Lord, that my people are destroyed due to the lack of knowledge. Therefore, Lord, as a church, we want to learn your word and we want to understand your ways so that we can have victory and we can have life and we can be the salt and the light of this world, Father. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. I would like to continue the teaching from last time, two weeks ago, before I went to the mission trip, talking about reaching our destiny. Let me review by reading the book of Genesis, chapter 37, again, verses 5 to 10. One night, Joseph had a dream, and when he told his brothers about it, they hated him more than ever. Listen to this dream, he said. We were out in the field, tying up bundles of grain. Suddenly, my bundles stood up, and your bundles all gathered around and bowed low before mine. His brothers responded, so you think you will be our king, do you? Do you actually think you will reign over us? And they hated him all the more because of his dreams and the way he talked to them, to talk about them. Soon Joseph had another dream, and again he told his brothers about it. Listen, I have had another dream, he said. The sun, moon, and 11 stars bowed low before me. This time he told the dream to his father as well as his brothers, but his father scolded him. What kind of dream is that? He asked. Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow to the crowd before you? This scripture talking about the dream that God gave to Joseph. God told Joseph that one day he would be a ruler. In fact, the dream came true. One day he became the prime minister of Egypt. His father, mother, and his brothers came to him and bowed down to him. So the dream came true. As believers, we did not come into this world for nothing. God created us to have a purpose of life. God has a dream for all of us. When we talk about the dream, I don't mean the dream at night, but something that we're going to see in the future, the final destiny, the fulfillment of the promises of God. And we're going to reach to that destiny, that dream, that promised land, what God has promised for us. After I became a Christian, I learned that God has the dream for everybody. There are two kinds of dream or two kinds of purpose of life or the destiny of life. One is for every Christian recorded in the Bible. The common dream, a common purpose for every believer. That is, number one, that we all will grow up to become more like Jesus Christ. Two, we're going to do the work that Jesus told us to do. Not only that, God has given us 
promises here, all these promises will be happening or fulfilling in our life through Jesus Christ, who paid the price for us. The promises of healing, prosperity, victory, deliverance, super abundant life, all these promises are our destiny. And God wants to fulfill those promises for us. These are the common purposes for every believer, not just me and you, but everybody who believes in the name of Jesus. But not only these two things, the common destiny of every believer, but each and every one of us, we have our own calling, our own destiny. I give you an example. For Abraham, his destiny was that he would become a father of many nations. For Moses, his calling, his final destiny is that he will deliver all the Hebrews out of Egypt and got into the promised land. Unfortunately, he missed the final one. He did not go into the promised land. He should have because he rebelled against the command of God. For Joshua, his final destiny is that he would take all the Hebrews into the promised land and take over the land. For David, he started becoming the shepherd, but his final destiny, he was the king of Israel and he was the ancestor of the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. Each and every one of us has our own destiny. My chapter of life, my destiny, my, each chapter of my life, I finished the training in America. My dream was fulfilled. Then next one, I become a good neurosurgeon in America. My dream was fulfilled. But that is not the final. Because I'm not died yet, I'm still alive. My final thing is that I'm going to become a very good pastor of a church and impact, especially Thai people with revival, with the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. That is my destiny. That before I die, I will prepare the church to be the bride of the Lord Jesus Christ and I will see so safe and revival will happen to people who come into contact with me. That is my final destiny. Each of you, some of you maybe, your destiny is that you're going to be very anointed worship leader in the church. Maybe some of you are going to be a very influential businessman in this society and you can impact a lot of people and you will be so blessed financially that you can support the gospel. So each and every one of us have specific personal dream or destiny. We need to find that out. We're going to learn about this thing together. We're going to reach the final destiny. Last time we learned that we should not settle for the watered-down destiny. In the book of Genesis chapter 15, God told Abraham and Sarah or Sarai that they would have a son and they would become the father of many nations. At that time, Abraham was 75 years old and Sarai 65 years old. I believe that all the voices in their heart, in their mind say, it's impossible. I am 75 years old. This is impossible in the natural. No way, Jose. So they were thinking, God told me something, my destiny. And eventually, Sarai said to her husband, let us do another way. We're going to water down or reduce what God told us, the promise of God. 
Oh, how about this? You sleep with my maid, Haga, and she's gonna get a son for us. So Sarai reduced or watered down the promise of God, and they were talked out of the fullness of the destiny that they should have. What happened? Eventually, they have a son named Ishmael. Many times, God told us our destiny. And that destiny in our mind, it looks so uncommon, unusual, looks so extraordinary, looks so impossible. This is not going to happen. God, are you kidding me? I need to come back to my senses. I cannot get my hope up. This is impossible. God, I'm going to settle at the watered-down version of your destiny. And people around us will talk us out from the great things that God wants us to reach eventually. We may say to ourselves, how can I have a son at 80 years old? How can I get healed from this cancer? The doctors say this is an incurable disease. How can I get that position in my company to get the promotion? It's impossible. So that's the voices around us going to tell us that it's impossible. Let us water it down. But my brother and sister, let us go on with what God wants us to have. The fullness of God's promises, the destiny for our life. 24 years later, they make a mistake. They had a son with Haggai. You know, when you make mistakes, sometimes you pay the price. What happened? Haggai and Ishmael have to leave the home. And the descendant of Ishmael have been fighting with the descendant of Isaac all these years. That's a mess. That's a mess. But God never gave up on his promise. 24 years later, God came back to Abraham. Ishmael was 13 years old. Abraham was 99. And Sarah was 89. So God came back and said to them, Abraham, I have not changed my mind. I have not settled for less. My purpose for your life is still the same, no matter what you did. You may think that I'm late, I'm not late. You think that I gave up? No, I did not give up. Look at Genesis chapter 15, 1 to 5. This is many years later. When Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty, walk before me and be blameless. I will confirm my covenant between me and you and will greatly increase your numbers. Abraham fell face down and God said to him, as for me, this is my covenant with you. You will be the father of many nations. No longer will you be called Abraham. Your name will be Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. Verses 15 to 18. God also said to Abraham, as for Sarai, your wife, you are no longer to call her Sarai. Her name will be Sarah. I will bless her. Husband, if you want God to bless your wife, be a godly husband. Live a blameless life, okay? Then God's blessing is going to go down to your wife as well. Her name will be Sarah. I will bless her and will surely give you a son by her. I will bless her so that she will be the mother of nations. 
kings of peoples will come from her. Abraham fell face down. He laughed. He laughed. What does it mean? He did not believe, and said to himself, "Will a son be born to a man a hundred years old? Will Sarah bear a child at the age of ninety-nine?" And Abraham said to God, "If only Ishmael might live under your blessing." What did Abraham try to say? Abraham tried to move the goalpost of his life. The destiny is there. He moved the goalpost, the destiny post, back to here. He watered down the promise of God instead of getting what God tells him or promises him. He said, "No way. This is impossible. I am 99. I'm too old." But God said to him, "Ah, Abraham." I don't change my mind yet. I am not the God who's gonna give you just good enough blessing. I'm not the God who's gonna give you a look-alike blessing, or the substitute blessing, or counterfeit, or fakey things. I'm gonna give you the real one. Sarah is going to get pregnant, and she's gonna have a son, not Hagar. You're gonna get the son of the promise. Do you notice one thing? This is the character of our God. Even though Abraham and Sarah had settled to have a baby named Ishmael, they settled for the least, the less, not the fullness yet. But God said, "I don't settle. No one can talk me out of my promise. I'm the God of the covenant." You're gonna have the fullness of my promise. I'm not the God who watered down my promise. I want to give you the full things. What I have spoken to you will come to pass in the full way, not partial way, not through your cousin, not through other people, but my way. You're gonna see the fullness of my promises to you, even though it seemed late to you, even though. You have made mistakes, even though you have accepted the watered-down version of Ishmael. But get ready! I'm gonna give you the full, real one very soon. This is the God that we worship. I love that. I love the Lord our God because I know He is that kind of God. Genesis chapter 17, verse 19. Then God said, "Yes, but your wife." No, Abraham said. Oh no! I don't think I'm gonna have a son through Sarah. Why don't I just bless Ishmael with my inheritance and your blessing now? Ishmael is enough for me. But God say, but but your wife Sarah will bear you a son, and you will call him Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his descendants after him. Like Abraham. God may tell you something like this: By next month or three months from now, you're gonna get a promotion. One month from now, you're gonna be healed of your cancer. You have written my promise off, but I still keep my promise with you. The time will come that you will see what I promised you, even though it's so too late for you. Nothing is too late for God. 
Don't settle for something less than what God promised you. This is the God we worship in Numbers chapter 23, verse 19. God is not a man, so he does not lie. He is not human, so he does not change his mind. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> human can change their mind. Has he ever spoken and failed to act? The answer is no. Has he ever promised and not carry it true? The answer is no. God is true to his word. What he promised Abraham shall come to pass at 90 years old. Against all odds, Sarah gave birth to a son and they gave him the name Isaac. I believe that I can guess. When Sarah was holding Isaac in her arms and looked at his face as a baby, she would have thought this way. Who would have ever thought that a 90-year-old woman like me deliver a son? I want to tell you right now. God has something unusual, uncommon for you. Distinctive favor. Some supernatural breakthrough that do not make sense to you. That you cannot explain for you. God is a God of the supernatural. Our God is a God of distinctive favor and miracles. So he promised you. And when one day when death comes to you, you look at that blessing. You say, who would have thought that a Thai man like me who spoke broken English, could be a pastor in America. Who would have thought that a man like me could finish neurosurgery training at University of Washington and have a successful practice in America? Who would have thought a man like me who did not have good-looking appearance that much but marry a beautiful, godly woman? Who would have thought that this incurable illness that the doctor told me no cure would be gone from my body. Who would have thought that God told me I could not have a baby, but now I can get pregnant? Who would have thought that I could pay off my house in three years? Who would have thought that I can get that promotion? Don't settle for what is less than God promises you. Amen? What God promises you may be too big for you, too unlikely, too uncommon, too unusual for you. And you may have done like Abraham. You fell down and you laugh and say, me? That's going to happen to me? It's impossible. Me? That I'm going to be healthy and I'm going to live a long life? It's impossible. Me? That I'm going to lose my weight? It looks impossible. <laughs> <laughs> you might have discounted or written off the promise of God in the past. Don't be like Abraham and Sarah at that time. Eventually, I believe Abraham and Sarah decided to believe. That's why they got the son one year later. But at the beginning, I think their faith was still small, still young, still not mature yet. That's why they missed for 25 years because they did not walk by faith for 25 years that much. But eventually God came back in Genesis chapter 17 and said, Wake up, Abraham. Have faith. Believe. 
and the promise will come true. Don't water down the promise of God. Don't let anybody talk you out of the promise of God. Don't be satisfied with Ishmael. Don't be satisfied with the wilderness. God has a promised land for you in front of you. What is Isaac? Isaac represents the great things that God is going to give to you in the future that look like impossible. Something that you cannot imagine. Something that doesn't make sense. The greatness of God's favor upon your life. And if you say, God, I believe, you can do that for me. Nothing is impossible with you. I'm going to experience the fullness of my destiny. Even though I make mistakes, you have been good to me, but I'm not going to stop here. I'm not going to pull the goalpost backward. I'm going to keep going and going and going until I get to my destiny. And I believe you're going to bring your promise to pass. You would not have promised me this if you would not have finished it. You would not have brought me this far and desert me. You're going to go with me until the end. But I know as you walk by faith, you're going to fight with the thoughts. The thoughts will tell you all kind of reason that it's impossible. It's impossible to happen to you. I'm too young. I'm too old. I'm too short. I'm too tall. I could not speak English well. I do not have the degrees. I do not have enough education, enough talents and resources. I don't have enough connections. But for God, all those not enough is nothing. God can make things that look like a problem to be the blessing. No problem in your life can stop the hand of God. Just one touch of his favor. He will push you to your destiny. Amen. Deuteronomy chapter 1 verse 11 tell us something. And may the Lord, the God of your ancestors, multiply you a thousand times more and bless you as he promised. This Bible tells us that our source is not our company. Our source is not human. Our source is our God. He can give us a thousand times of what we have. Do you believe that? You need to depend on the favor of God. You need to depend on the power of God. Amen. God has supernatural favor for you. I like what the Bible says in the book of Isaiah 61 that God put the spirit on Jesus. And he anointed Jesus to preach the gospel to the poor. To set the captive free. And to give sight to the blind. And the last sentence of that verse says, to proclaim the year of God's favor. When we walk with God, we're going to see the supernatural favor of God as we walk by faith and believe that. Amen? Amen. For Abraham and Sarah, they settled for Ishmael because they watered down the promise of God. But there is another reason that people settle for less than the promise of God. That is discouragement and disappointments. Life does not always go the way you thought. You may face disappointment, unfair things, betray, people leave you, people don't want to be faithful to you anymore, 
And when we face that disappointment, we lost our passion and we stop going to the destiny. There's one story in the Bible to show us that people could have lost the passion inside. Genesis chapter 11, 26 to 28. After Terah had lived 70 years, he became the father of, at different times, Abram and Nahor and Haran, his firstborn. Now this is the history of the descendants of Terah. Terah was the father of Abram. He was the father of Abraham. Nahor and Haran. And Haran was the father of Lot. Haran died before his father. Terah died in the land of his birth. So Haran, the oldest son, died at young age in the land that his father Terah lived, Ur of the Chaldees. Terah was the father of Abraham. He has three sons. He lived in Ur. But one day God told him, leave this city, Ur, and go to the promised land. You go to the land of Canaan. I want to use you there. So he obeyed. He packed up his stuff, put the stuff in the luggage, his wife, his son, his grandson, his animal, and he traveled to the land of Canaan. Look at what happened in Genesis 11, 31 to 32. And Terah took his son Abram and his grandson Lot, the son of Haran, and his daughter-in-law Sarai, his son Abraham's wife. And they went out with them from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to the land of Canaan. And they came to Haran and dwelt there. So the days of Terah were 205 years, and Terah died in Haran. What happened? Terah arrived a city named Haran, the same name as the dead son. When he got there, the name of the city reminded him, hmm, I'm so sad. I lost my oldest son. His name is Haran. I cannot go on anymore. I'm so disappointed with God. God, why do you allow my oldest son to die? So he settled in Haran and he never became the father of our faith. He gave up his destiny. He should have been the father of our faith. Terah, if he reached to the land of Canaan. But Abraham did not stop. Abraham went on to the land of Canaan. My brother and sister, if we want to reach our destiny, we have to make a determination, strong determination, and say, yes, I have been hurt, but I'm not going to settle. Yes, I have faced some disappointment, but I'm not going to settle in self-pity. Yes, I have been betrayed by people, but I'm not going to settle in bitterness. God, I'm sorry, my loved one passed away. It's so painful. But Lord, I'm not going to settle in despair. I'm going to keep moving and moving to my destiny. Because I believe in your promise in the book of Isaiah, chapter 61, verse 3. To all who mourn in Israel, he will give beauty for ashes, joy instead of mourning, 
Yes, I'm mourning right now. I went through divorce. I went through disappointment. My husband betrayed me, but I'm gonna see joy. The joy will come. I'm gonna see the fulfillment of your promise in my life. Psalm chapter 30, verse 5. For his anger is but for a moment, but his favor, I like the word favor. <laughs> I always ask God for favor. But his favor is for a lifetime. You like that? God's favor, he may be angry with you sometimes because you rebel. But after you repent, he say, my favor is lifetime, and in his favor is life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. My brother and sister, this is the truth of life. We all, no exception, will face disappointments, discouragement, betrayal, setback, bad breaks. But the key is don't settle in that area of disappointments and discouragement. You need to press pass through the disappointment and go to your promised land. You need to get to your destiny. Press past that disappointment. Don't settle there. Amen? Amen. What if Joseph have settled in bitterness because he was betrayed by his brothers? Would he have become a prime minister of Egypt? I don't think so. What if a lady named Ruth had been settled in disappointment and sadness because she lost her husband. Her husband died. She would not have been the great-grandmother of King David and the ancestor of Messiah. Ruth did not settle. She went on with her mother-in-law, Naomi, to the land of Israel. And eventually, because she did not settle, she met Boaz a rich man in that city. She got married and have a son named Obed. Obed had a son named Jesse. And Jesse has a son named David. Ruth did not settle. Everyone say, I'm not settling. I'm not a settler. I'm going to go to my destiny. I noticed something in America. I talked to many American men and even women. I noticed that many of them have been stumbled by the church. They have been hurt by pastor and the church system and the, all the messing in the church. And they left the church and they give up and they settle. I want to encourage all the people, all believers who have settled, don't settle. Keep finding a good church, serving the Lord. Keep going. God has a destiny for you. Don't let that offense or mistake of pastor or other people's mistake stop you from going to your destiny. Why? Because amazing things, great things await you if you don't settle. You may have gone through some disappointments. You need to stand up and say, I'm going to stir up my passion again. I'm going to stir up my faith again. God did not bring me this far to desert me and to leave me. God promised the destiny for me. I'm going to keep walking. My great day 
My greatest day is in front of me. My greatest day is in my career, in my ministry, in my family, is in front of me. But you know, the enemy comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. He loves to put you in the cave, in the prison of discouragement. He will send people to talk bad to you, discourage you, make you feel disappointed to the point that you can settle on the way to your destiny. Don't settle for just okay blessing. Don't settle for just good enough blessing. Don't settle for the substitute blessing. Don't settle for Ishmael. Don't say that it's okay for Ishmael. No. God has a promised land for you. You remember the story of the children of Israel. God performed miracle to take them out of Egypt. And God said, go to the promised land. They went out of Egypt with signs and wonders. The Red Sea was split. But when they entered into the wilderness, they heard the bad news. Do you know the cities in the promised land are fortified? The people, they're so big, giants. Wow, we're going to be killed. They got discouraged. They were full of fear. And they decided to settle in the wilderness. Thank God, God is a good God. Even though they make mistakes, by settling in the wilderness, God's still good to them, sending manna to them, give them water, take care of them with a pillar of fire, pillar of cloud. But that generation did not get into the promised land because they settled in the wilderness. They were full of fear and full of doubt. I believe I'm not looking at the settlers here. I'm looking at the more than conquerors. I'm looking at the overcomers. I'm looking at the victors, not the victim. You are the overcomers. You don't settle. You're going to eventually get to your promised land, get into your destiny. What does it mean, not settling? Not settling may mean some of us need to go back to school, get the education done. Some of us, not settling mean change the way you eat. The good food in front of you, big plate. You may have to eat only half of the plate. Not settling mean you may need to go out to do walking exercise. Not settling may mean that you may need to be nicer to your wife. Talk nice to her. Be a blessing to her. What did you say? Huh? Amen. Oh, Pastor Da say amen. <laughs> Not settling may mean that you should do good to the good gift God gave to you. That is your spouse. Not settling may mean that you need to repent of something and change your lifestyle, the way you work at the office. Not settling may mean that come out to the prayer line and get touched by the fire of God on a regular basis to kick out some curses out of your life. Not settling may mean that you start to be faithful in going to church, tithing, serving, being discipled by your mentor, getting trained to serve the Lord and don't just live for yourself, but to seek the kingdom of God first. Not settling may also mean that 
you stop speaking negative about yourself. Stop cursing yourself. I'm poor. I'm sick. I'm failed. I'm old. I die soon. Not settling means you need to keep speaking positive thing about yourself. I'm a good-looking girl. I'm a handsome man. I'm rich. I'm smart. My minds are perfect. I have good memory. I am successful. Not settling. You keep fighting in faith by speaking the positive thing about yourself. I remember when I was sick with the severe eczema on my body and my hand. As a surgeon, very difficult to have eczema on my hand because it's hurtful when I perform surgery. Every single day for five years, I never stopped saying, I'm healed. I have a healthy life. I'm healed. And the eczema is still there. The eczema is still there. Sometimes I get discouraged and want to give up. But I never stopped speaking healing to my body until one day, boom, I woke up supernaturally, it's gone. Not settling. I remember when I first came to America, the first year I worked at University of Washington. And the boss said that no salary, you work for free. I said, okay, I'm going to show you that I'm a good doctor. After six months, I got the salary. But after the end of the year, my boss said, I'm sorry, no position anymore. You are the foreign doctor. You can stay to work, but the contract say zero salary. I was thinking, should I sign it? At that time, I have some thought. Maybe I should not apply for neurosurgery. Maybe I should change to neurology easier. Maybe internal medicine, not neurosurgery. I want to kind of settle at less than what God wants me to have. That is the diploma of American Board of Neurosurgery. But Pastor Da came to me and said, Honey, no. Sign that paper. God is going to provide for you. So I signed. I almost signed the paper. I decided not to settle at less than what God has for me. That is to become a board-certified neurosurgery. Five days before I signed the paper, my junior resident ran to me at the veteran hospital and said, I have a good news for you. What? What good news? One resident who practiced in Japan quarreled with the boss and he quit the job. And my boss tell me that he's going to get you to replace that position. You're going to get salary and you're going to become the chief resident, head of everybody. Five days before I signed the contract, I got the salary. My brothers and sisters, don't settle. And thank God that I married a faith-filled wife who told me, don't settle. Amen? Amen. <laughs> Not settling means so many things. You do your part to run your race. Where will you be in 10 years from now? Who knows where God will take you to? Who knows what doors God will open for you 20 years from now? What person you will meet 10 years from now if you don't settle? What will you miss if you settle now? You're going to miss a lot. You will miss being what God created you to be. You will miss letting the gift of God in you rise up 
and fully function in you. You will miss a lot. What is in front of you that God has in store for you is way too important to settle. More than anything else. Don't settle at all. God has Isaac for you. Don't settle for Ishmael. God has a promised land for you. Don't settle for the wilderness. God, line up your breakthroughs, your blessing, your freedom, your good health, your business, and good marriage, good things for you in the future. Don't settle. Get your file up again. Get your faith back again. Keep going to the promised land. You should make a decision. My attitude is that I'm not going to settle next door to the promised land. I'm not going to settle in the wilderness. I'm going to go through the river of Jordan and get into the promised land. And I'm going to be what God created me to be. I'm going to reach my destiny because I don't settle for less than what God has for me. I believe that if you make that determination, you walk by faith, you're willing to change the, the way you live, Isaac is coming to you soon. Maybe 10 years from now, maybe five years from now, Isaac is coming. What is coming to you will bring you to the next level of your career, next level of your ministry, freedom from addiction, from poverty, from debt, breakthrough in your finances, and you're going to see the blessing of Abraham flow down to you and to your next generation. The key is don't settle. Keep going. Keep going. Amen? How many people say, I'm going to practice what I learned today? How many people promise God, I will not settle? No discouragement, no disappointment going to stop me. Amen? Amen. Many of you look so excited. (laughs) I learned one thing. When you have faith, you look excited. When you have faith, you have joy. Because you know that what God promised you is going to happen no matter what. No one can stop your God. Because you have faith. Everyone, ha, ha, ha. Ho, ho, ho. The Bible called the joy of faith. When you have faith, you have joy. Because you know victory is in front of you. You will not be sad. Amen. (laughs) God wants us to be the people of faith. Have faith in God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, that you remind us not to settle for less than what you promise us, Lord. No matter what we are going through right now, sickness, debt, addiction, family problem, lonely nights, disappointments, discouragements, failure, setbacks, bad breaks, Lord, we will not settle. We will not water down your promise. 
We will not reduce your promise to our level. We're going to raise our faith up to your level, Lord. We thank you, Father, for the story of Abraham that we can learn. The story of Terah, oh Lord. The story of Joseph, that Joseph reached his destiny. Lord, thank you for the life of Ruth and Rahab, Esther, all these godly men and women. They walked by faith until they get to their destiny. Lord, I believe my brothers and sisters shall get to their destiny. They will not settle in Haran. They will get to the land of Canaan, Lord. We thank you, Father. Lord, in Jesus' mighty name, I would like to ask you to confess with me together. Pray with me. Confess, Father in heaven, you are the God of favor. You are the God of the supernatural. You're bigger than any giants in my life. I believe, Father. You have a destiny for me. Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. Lord, show me anything in my life that I need to repent. I need to change so that I can move on. I don't want any sin to stop me, to pull me back. I want to get to the finish line. Lead me, Lord. Empower me. Help me, Lord, to walk by faith to the promised land of my life. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Nothing is impossible. The Creator of all things, You formed the world out of nothing. You formed it by. No.
promise of Jesus Christ. He said that when two or three agree with one another on earth, He will make it happen. Therefore, at this point, I would like to pray with you the prayer of agreement. If you are facing some mountains in your life, it sounds like it is blocking you from reaching your destiny. That mountain can be sickness. That mountain can be financial situation, or maybe some trouble at your workplace, or maybe your health. Whatever mountain you have right now, maybe you're looking for a job, but something is blocking you. I would like to come in agreement with you, and we want to come in agreement with brothers and sisters. I would like to ask the pray team to come stand in the front. Some prayer requests come out, and we're gonna come in agreement together. Nothing is impossible. The Creator can go anywhere. I'm gonna agree with you up here. Just tell short story, and we pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Go ahead, pray. We believe that nothing is impossible. Many of us already got the vaccine, so that's okay. I got the vaccine already. Come in agreement.
God's Spirit is flowing through my veins. Just one glimpse of His glory. Oh, just one touch of His hand. God's Spirit is flowing through my veins. We sing glory to the Father, glory to the Son, Holy Spirit, fill us
trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.NewHopeInternationalChurch.com. I'm so thirsty.